All right. Well, hello and welcome, everybody. Just getting started here. Good to have you guys on. Gloria Sue. Tarha, hopefully. Say your name right. All right. I see more people joining in. Hello and welcome. And. Uh, yeah, we're looking forward to this one. This one is part two in a series of uh, <laughs> my story of leaving Microsoft. Part one was last month. And today we're going to talk about life after Microsoft. All right, I'm waiting. Oh, Robert, I see here. And we're right in time, so we'll get started in just a little bit. All right, so well, let's uh, kick this off. So we have, uh, I see Bernardo, Miguel, Loretta, Sue, uh, Pashpati, Paolo, Purni, Sandy, Narha, Bern, Bern, uh, uh, so welcome to everybody who's here. And so today is part two in a series. Uh, part one was leaving Microsoft. Today, we're talking about life after Microsoft, and uh, we're going to cover it in three parts. Part one, the steering wheel. Part two, the four degrees of freedom. And part three, the biggest struggle. All right, so here we go. And of course, we have our Robert as well. And you'll be hearing from both of us. Sorry, guys, I'm just trying to get my notes up here. All right. Okay, Robert, go. You can go ahead and turn your camera on. I was like seeing you. Okay. Again. Awesome. <laughs> okay. All right, folks, so I'll kick it off and then I'll loop in Robert in the conversation here in a little bit. But let's start with the steering wheel idea. Now, I didn't know it then, but now when I look back to my 15 plus years in corporate America and the corporate jobs, I feel like I was always in the backseat of the car. And again, I didn't know it then. I thought I was doing good. I was taking action. I was taking, you know, making moves. I was, uh, you know, uh, struggling for that promotion all the time or switching jobs, mostly switching jobs of, uh, uh, I think I've only been promoted once, <laughs> you know, uh, so, um, but again, when I look back, I feel like I was not in control. I was in the backseat of the car and I didn't have control. And I remember the times when my manager changed and whoop, we're going this way, right? They chose their direction. Uh, I remember the times when reorgs happened. That was quite frequently in corporate America and all of my jobs. And oh, we're going that way. And once in a while, I would get out of the car and get into another car. And it would feel like a shinier, 
more beautiful car and I would be so excited for a while. But pretty soon I would realize that, oops, I'm in the backseat again and I didn't have control. And of course, um, once I got kicked out of the car, layoff, I always talk about that. And that was, that was a painful experience. But again, at that point, I didn't realize that that's what was going on. Only now when I can contrast my life and compare my life do I see that, uh, wow, now I'm in the, in the driver's seat. Now I have uh, the steering wheel in my hands. And I think that's what it's about. A lot of people chase freedom, talk about freedom, they talk about retirement and all that sort of stuff, right? But what is freedom but control? And uh, some of you may know, uh, Rob and I have talked about it. I just got back from a family vacation in Hawaii. And I was telling Robert about one of the beaches we went to, Hanalei Bay in Kauai. And man, it's one of the most beautiful places I've ever been to. It's a beautiful crescent bay, just soft sand, gentle water. And it's backed by these massive mountains, which have these thousand feet waterfalls just cascading down unbelievable setting there's a pier that kids are jumping off off we did that too there are fishes swimming all around the pier truly beautiful place picture yourself there imagine you're there it feels like paradise right but what if i told you you can't leave you see how that changes really quickly right just with that one statement it it's 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 not freedom anymore so freedom is about control. And that's what we want to talk about today, that new life. And again, my earlier self, my former Microsoft self, couldn't have, I couldn't have imagined these things. But we want to share some of that with you. And uh, yeah, talk about that. Talk about what that means. And of course, the struggle. That's, that's part three that's coming next. So let's... Um, uh, Let's talk about that. What, what does this life look like? What can this life look like? So I think of this in terms of four degrees of freedom. The who, what, when, and where, right? Who we work with, what we work on, when we work, and where we work. So I'm going to start with the last two first. When we work and where we work. So, of course, for me, you know, kind of the old life was working at Microsoft. And, of course, this was pre-COVID. So, yeah, you're going to office pretty much every day. And you're driving in and uh, driving there, driving back, traffic, all that sort of stuff. And then you go there and, well, yes, I had some good people around. Not all the time. Sometimes there were some insufferable people around me. Sometimes that was my manager that made my life hell, but you know, it kind of came and went and I thought that's what it is. It's just as good as it gets. And you just, uh, that was my life. I, and I was trying to make the best of it. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, and, and anything that was important to me, my health, uh, my hobbies, I don't think I had any hobbies back then. I just didn't have time. And, and family, I, I know I missed a lot of family events. Uh, I feel like part of partly that I missed seeing my kids grow up. And um, well, you can't have that back, can you? 
So that was my whole life. But now I have a choice of when I work, where I work. And this where I work, I'll start off with that because for a while I left Microsoft, but this is where I was. <laughs> I was in my bedroom or as my friends call it, the Learn Power BI Worldwide Headquarters. And uh, so yeah, the, the where didn't matter as much. I mean, of course we would travel and I would go out and family and that sort of stuff. But that suddenly changed last year when my mom became uh, severely ill. Uh, she has struggled with depression, mental health issues for a long time. But last year she had, um, uh, she had a breakdown and I ended up spending close to three months in India. So suddenly for me, this flexibility, this option to be wherever in the world was suddenly extremely important. But I was glad to have that option. I was glad, I, I feel so blessed that um, I was able to spend that time with mom. Because of course, as we have heard news, as we all heard news in the world, and um, you, know, you may have experienced in, in your family too. I, I mean, I've heard stories where family members uh, not everybody was able to spend time with their family members. So I felt lucky. I felt lucky to be there. So again, where in generally is not important for me or around your home <laughs> all the time. I do like that. I do like not being stuck in traffic. And, um, um, you know, uh, sometimes I, I have a doctor's appointment or something and I drive out at eight o'clock or nine o'clock and I'm like, whoa, what's this traffic? And then I have to remind myself that, oh, that's how it was every single day. So I do like that part a bit, but again, for me, kind of the India became very important. Uh, but in general, I mean, I love to travel. I talked about when I just came back from Hawaii. I think we traveled early in the year with, uh, to Utah. And of course, I love being able to focus on that. For Hawaii, we were, the, it was like a 12-day trip. And again, right, so I don't have like skimp on my vacations. I don't have to count vacation days. Oh, I remember doing that. In fact, for, uh, for traveling back to India, I would only go once every three years for just a few weeks because it would take me three years to save up the vacation for that. Um, I love that uh, when we plan a trip, I don't have to ask for permission. I don't have to do any application or no application for leave. No, I just uh, block my calendar, let Robert and Carl know, and then I'm off. Um, and of course, there are smaller things. But I want to... I want to hear from Robert. So, so Robert, you've held a corporate job and now it's a little bit of a different life, I hope. <laughs> how, how have these things shown up for you in, in your life? Like this flexibility. Um, yeah, tell me a bit about that. Mm, so, sorry, Avi, uh, I'm, I'm having... Um connectivity issues uh maybe you, you can give the question again uh well so do you do you feel like there is a difference in kind of the degree of freedom you have as when it comes to where you work and when you work and how do you find yourself uh, using that um yeah um Personally, I love backpacking and I love traveling. So, hey, hey Robert, let's I, try uh, one thing. Um, maybe uh, turn your video off. I know it seems like bandwidth is, is a bit of an issue. 
if you have the video off, maybe the audio at least will be able to hear you. Let's try that. Hang on, folks. We will get Robert back on. Let's see if that works. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll wait for Robert to uh, catch on again, but um, uh, I'll just speak a little bit more about it. So I, I talked about kind of the big things, right? Being able, to being able to be in India, to be with my parents. I talked about travel, but in a way, what's most important is the small things for me and the small moments, right? So um, being able to have a more relaxed morning routine, frankly, I didn't really have a morning routine. My morning routine was, you know, get dressed, go to work, right? I mean, uh, get a bite if you can on the run or eat in the car or something like that. Uh, but now, uh, for the most part, unless I have a specific meeting, which is pretty rare, I don't use an alarm clock. <laughs> I get up when I get up. And for those who have been following me for a while, if you remember, uh, when I was doing YouTube lives, I would, um, I would schedule those at Friday, 9 a.m., but then, of course, uh, I had a bit of my own kind of mental health issues and I dropped off of YouTube and we're back on now. But when I came back on and started doing live on Zoom like this one, I said, you know, what? I'm going to do it in my terms. <laughs> so we do it at 10 a.m. just because I like having more time in the morning. And, and again, of course, this is just uh, usually once a week. Other days, I'm pretty relaxed and I can focus on myself uh, even during the day, just being able to take my dog out for a walk, if the weather's nice outside, just, just do that. Uh, be able to do things for me. I talked about how I didn't have any hobbies uh, because there was no time. But now, of course, uh, I love hiking. I love spending time outdoors. I go for a hike once every week, and it's on a weekday. So usually my meetings are Tuesday and Thursday, and that leaves Monday, Wednesday, and Friday kind of available for me. So what I do is um, I check the weather. Uh, so over the weekend, I would check the weather and I'll see which day has the best weather, Monday, Wednesday, or Friday. And that's the day I'm out, out hiking. Uh, this week is going to be tomorrow, Wednesday. So it's just the small stuff. And again, just, just being able to be at my son's soccer games, being able to be there for my daughter, for her dance recitals and rehearsal, rehearsal all of that. Uh, and, and these impromptu moments. And in a way, they mean a lot more. Frankly, just, just uh, uh, being around the family a lot more. So of course, some of you may know that I, I uh, so since I left Microsoft and as I grew my business, as I went through highs and lows in this life, I somehow have ended up sharing all of that with my kids. Uh, there's, there's no idea nothing new that I've done in business, anything that I've tried, whatever's going on, the highs and lows, I've always shared with them, uh, probably because I'm more around, right? I'm just there and I'm working on something. They see me do something. They ask me something or I go down really excited about something. Oh my gosh, kids, you wouldn't believe it. This is what we're doing. This is what we just did. I just talked to this person. I just had this great conversation. So just those small stuff. And I think that's been really important for me. That's, that's really kind of added up. Uh, cool. So, hey, I, I really wanted to hear kind of Robert's perspective as well, but I know he's having some bandwidth connection now. So we'll keep going. Um, 
so where and when, right? That's that's the key aspects, and I talked about that. Uh, let's talk about the other stuff, which is the who and what, right? So who we work with and what we work on. And again, my previous life, I didn't really have much control over that. And I said, you know, a lot of people I worked with were nice, but not all of them. And some were just just a-holes. There's no other way to describe it. And hey, I'm not the only one who's experienced this. I've talked to other people. In fact, I think there's a, a book out there, which is called The No A-Holes Rule, which is about then why <laughs> you, you need to get rid of the a-holes in your team. But I don't know, wherever I worked, I don't think they had read that book. So inevitably, there was this one really, truly insufferable person, right? Just, just, just a complete a-hole. And they made everybody else's life miserable. I have worked with people who would make other people cry, like literally cry. And uh, I know I came close to crying a lot of times with their interactions as well. And the oddest thing was that I remember there was this one person, I'm, I'm trying my best not to name them. <laughs> they were just on, they were just bad. It, it was, yeah, they, they were just such bad energy and wherever they went, they spread this bad energy. And I was like, it's okay, Avi, just, just, just grin and bear it, right? Just grin and bear it because, uh, oh, so earlier I thought that I was the one having communication issues. I needed to learn better communication skills so I could, you know, kind of talk with them better. But then I realized that everybody knew that they were an a-hole and everybody found them insufferable. So I'm like, okay, Avi, just grin and bear it because obviously everybody knows, they notice they're going to let this person go. And guess what? I remember this team meeting, they were announcing awards and guess who the award went to? Yep, it went to that person. So I don't fully understand why that's way. I think it's so wrong, but yeah, not only are those kind of people sometimes tolerated, but sometimes they're encouraged. Sometimes they're given awards, promotions, bonuses for being an a-hole because apparently they get the work done by being an a-hole. So that was my earlier life. And again, I had very little control and I talked about that car analogy. And yeah, sometimes I would quit my job because of, this kind of environment. And of course, sometimes my managers were kind of bad and yeah, I would quit. But then again, I would end up in the backseat and with little control because managers could change. I've had times where my hiring manager quit within, I think, one month of hiring me. So I had a great connection with them. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be working with this amazing person. And then they're like, oh yeah, we're moving to Texas, whatever. Right. Uh, so, um, so that would happen. Reorgs would happen. It was just not in control. I was not in control of who I was working with. And I was, again, I didn't have much control about what I was working on. Uh, and I couldn't quite say that I, but of course now I feel like I work with people that I enjoy working with. And I work on things that I enjoy working on. And again, the earlier me couldn't have imagined this life to be possible. I didn't know that this life existed. If somebody would have talked to me like this, I would say, no, man, what are you smoking, right? I mean, that's just a pipe dream. It doesn't work that way. You just, you know, you kind of drag yourself through the week, right? The Monday blues, you suffer through that. Wednesday is a hump day. You're like halfway there. And Friday is when you thank God and you relax on the weekend. And frankly, forget Monday blues. I remember starting to get depressed on Sunday, right? And, and right, but, I feel so blessed for this life now because work, uh, the work that I do and the people that I work with is not something that saps my energy. It drains me. 
it's what energizes me. Um, and, and, and I know kind of in my old life, vacation would be like the release wall, right? That would be like, oh my God, oh my God. Yeah. And, 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 and I've always, you know, yeah. So I, I would look forward to that. Like, oh God, you know, and I would do the countdowns, like eh, 10, 10 days to go, 10 days to go. Oh God, God, five days to go, right? But then of course the reverse was also true. Near the end of my vacation, I'm like, oh my God, I'm gonna have to go back to work. And I'll say, so of course I talked about, uh, we spent, uh, no, you know, we took a 12-day Hawaii trip and coming back, a, a little bit of the ghosts of that feeling were coming back. Uh, and I was feeling a little bit of anxiety. I'm like, oh yeah, this is ending. But then I came back and still I was like, oh boy, this is, I'm back. But then I started picking up my work and I was so happy because for, for in this new life, I don't go on vacation because I'm sick and tired of what I do every day. No, I just go on vacation, not because my life sucks. I love my life. I love what I do. I love the people that I work with. Vacation is just exploration, right? I mean, you know, it's, it's good to do that stuff. So I do it. I like it. I enjoy it. I do like doing it with my family. But the reasoning and the experience is very different. So, and I think that's possible, my friends, right? So don't, I know it feels safer to settle, but I'm not sure you want to go through your life that way. And we're not going to get too much into that. But of course, those who know a bit of my story know that when I hit 40 <laughs> and I did the life expectancy thing and I realized 50% of my life was over. And of course, I still feel lucky because for some people, the, 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 the wake-up call is something more traumatic. It could be a, a tragic personal event. Uh, it could be a serious health issue and of course, even worse, some people, there's never a wake-up call. They go through their whole lives, whole work lives at least, just going through the struggle. And, and, and you wave this retirement carrot in front of you. By the way, don't do that. It's, it's, it's uh, misleading, right? I mean, we feel like, oh, retirement is the finish line. It's, it's not. The world is kind of different. Uh, all right, we got Robert back. Hey, Robert. Let's see. Oh, I think you're in mute. Hello. Okay, great. Hey, man. Uh, good. I definitely didn't want to be talking to myself all this while. So um, I talked about kind of my perspective of uh, this freedom to work uh, where I want, when I want to work with people that I enjoy working with, work on things that I enjoy working with. Uh, I'd love to hear from you and start with that, this flexibility of work when you want, where you want. How do you use that? How do you leverage that? How does your life look different than before? Yep. So, so personally, I love backpacking and traveling. And um, I, in the past, uh, I did kind of enjoy, I did travel some places and I can't complain about that. But mm -hmm. I felt it was kind of always reserved at the end of the year where you're kind of trying to accumulate your leave days and, and get something. And um, honestly, that I kind of felt that was not me. I love traveling. I love going to new places and interacting with different people. So having an opportunity where now I could be able to work in different places and, and you know, sometimes be with my family or respond to work where I am needed or where I want mm. to be. Um, that is a really different experience. Uh, I'm really loving that. Yeah, yeah. And of course, I'm immediately thinking about exactly kind of uh, my mom 
getting, uh, going through her mental breakdown and me being able to be there, work where I need to be. And, and yeah, that makes sense. Um, so other thing that I, that I felt was that, so there's these big things like, yep, I mean, my mom, I was be able to uh, be there in India, travel and so forth. But what about the small moments? And I know we talk about that. Like I always talk about my dog and taking my dog to walks, doing the doggy picnics. But has that surfaced more in your life? Were you able to take these small moments, maybe maybe the morning or throughout the day? How has that been for you? Yeah, um, it, it's interesting because um, I, I think I have had some time. <laughs> I have had an opportunity to spend some time with me, like like wow. to spend some time with myself, uh, because sometimes you find yourself living through the motions of life where things are just structured you know you're supposed to go to work on monday go on vacation this time but um and, and we we are ta- trained or tailored to put life into two separate boxes when and everything is already programmed on how you're supposed to do but, but i think i have had an opportunity to enjoy um slowing a bit down and um, enjoying the little things in life. It could be a conversation with a friend or, or with my grandfather. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I feel those things have, uh, I have really enjoyed those ones. And I, I spend um, even having some time to spend some time with myself, with my thoughts. That yeah. used to be a scary moment when I had to feel I'm busy at work and I'm, I might have to feel whenever I have free time with an activity or with a movie because I don't want to, I can't stand my own thoughts. So yeah. I guess those are the small things that I've, I'm learning to appreciate now. Man, I'm, I'm actually really surprised about the, the, what you said and the wordings you use because, you know, so I, I, there was a time where I was really afraid of going to bed really afraid and 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 again i wouldn't have said it that way like i wasn't aware i can only see that and sense that when i look back but i was afraid of going to bed because of exactly the same reason because i would be alone with my thoughts and and it was it you know yeah and everything would seem to come up every regret every bad decisions every place where i felt that i had failed or was failing i was not doing enough and Right. And it was overwhelming. So what I would do is I would, of course, I was working, you know, the long hours. I mean, they call it nine to five It's rarely nine to five is often eight to eight, especially with the commute. So, yeah, kind of that eight to eight job. And then you come back and spend a little bit of time with your family. You can squeeze in, frankly, and in a way that felt like just going through the motions, like I would be around kids, maybe do some stuff. But again, energetically, I just wasn't even present, you know, Um, but then I would park myself in front of the TV and uh, for TV has always had a connection with me and junk food. And, and, and <laughs> yeah, so, uh, right. And I would just stay there till very late till, till I felt so exhausted that I felt like if I go to the bed, I'll just, you know, be knocked down and be asleep. I would then when I would go to bed, just because I wasn't willing to face myself. Oh man, that, that definitely struck a nerve in me, Robert, because you know, so my parents are in India, and of course, last year my mom went through a lot of struggle. But, but of course, we we are apart, and uh, uh, so 
I wanted to call them. I wanted to, that's the least I could do, right? I call them on WhatsApp, Messenger, whatever, something on the phone. But I, I didn't want to call them when I was feeling down because they sense it, right? I mean, if you're feeling low, they sense it. And then I didn't want them to be worried for me. But man, to find that window when I was not feeling shitty, sometimes it would be weeks. Sometimes I wouldn't call them for two to three weeks. And then I would call them and they would say, hey, son, you didn't call. And I couldn't say anything to them, but that was the reality. <laughs> and of course, now I call my mom every day and, and mom and dad both, of course. And yeah, we almost have a conversation every day because at least that thing has been lifted. I don't have to look for a moment when I'm feeling okay. Oh, wow. So man, that's, that's, that's really cool. Thanks. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, so um, let's talk about the other part, which is who you work with and what you work with. And, and here, what I want to explore is that, and again, I don't want to paint with too broad a brushstroke. Yes, there yeah. were times at my job where I really enjoyed it. And there were people that I really enjoyed working with who were really incredible people. But man, it was a kind of a mixed bag, right? I mean, and frankly, for the most part, it was a bit of a struggle. Like most of the times, I wouldn't say I was excited about my work. And again, I did have this psychology of kind of drag yourself through the week, right? Monday blues, Wednesday hump day, thank God it's Friday, right? And repeat that week after week after week. Uh, and uh so, so yeah, so it was kind of a mixed bag and, and certainly I felt like I had little control, but now I feel work, like who we work with, the people that I, we work with and the work that we do, it energizes me. So I just want to hear from you. How does uh, you contrast uh, your life? Yeah. How, how, how do you see it? How has that changed for you? So, so I guess for me, um, well, who I work with, I, I would say, well, uh, we do work online. And um, so maybe our interactions are limited to online. So I guess I spend more times with our clients, our Land Power BI members. And um, what I would say has been the biggest shift or change is my input and output. So... Uh, previously or in the past jobs that I've had, uh, well, it, it takes a very long time and sometimes you have to justify to your manager uh, when you're doing a review that this is this is what I've been doing and these, these are the results that I think are out there. And, yeah. and it's, it's a justifying kind of thing. But now, um, this is one thing that I find pretty interesting. When I meet new members who are joining our Land Power BI program and um, some of them are completely new to Power BI. They're excited, they're emerging from the Excel world and, and they have all these possibilities. And of course, they are also coming with their own doubts, their own uh, you know, uh, mm -hmm. questions, whether they're going to be able to learn DAX and all those things. And having, you know, being in a position where I can offer some support and I can see somebody who was completely new attending live events like these ones, then interacting on people on Facebook, then presenting something on maybe like in the last uh, dashboard presentation we had. Now that there is live feedback, yeah, like yeah. I can see my input and I can see the output live. And 
that is really motivating. You can actually see the impact you have that you're doing on 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 daily basis. So th that is pretty exciting for me. Yeah, and it is rewarding. Yeah, and and you're so right about it. And and I think it it kind of works both ways. Like when things work, we can pick that up and kind of run with it. And and of course, uh, um, that's empowering. But I remember when I had just started out. Uh, the, one of the first things that I tried after leaving Microsoft was I tried to organize like an in-person training session. I had booked a room in a local library because that was, we could book that for free. And I had invited people in LinkedIn and I think 15 people signed up and I was a little disappointed. I expected more signups, uh, but then like, okay, fine. And then I remember I prepared for it and, and I even brought them snacks. So I went to Costco, like got a whole bunch of like, whatever, you know, chips and cookies and stuff. And then I show up and out of those 15, only one person showed up. Of course it was a free training. I was hoping to give, give them a free training and then I'll invite to some paid offer or something. Somebody would hire me. I didn't really know what I was doing, but then one person showed up and I remember I was so Only one out of 15? Only yeah. one out of 15? Oh wow. God. Yeah. And I just wanted to crawl under the rock. I didn't even want to deliver the session, but of course I kind of had to, and it was a horrible session. Of course they didn't hire me because my energy was all wrong. Right? I was like, yeah, power BI is a pretty cool tool. I mean, yeah, it was, it was, it was a mess. I just struggled through it, ran out of the room pretty much, you know, and uh, never, never saw them again, of course. Um, and, um, uh, but then I went uh, moping and crying to my, uh, one of my friends at Microsoft. I was like, oh my God, you know, I left my job and now look, this happened. And he put a hand on my shoulder and he said, Avi, man, you, you, know, you, you, you know how lucky you are because, you know, here we, we did this project and right now we're going through the post-mortem meetings. I'm like, oh shit, I remember those. And yeah, man, those would be painful. I mean, and they would be so long and frankly, they wouldn't even be productive. I mean, the whole bunch of meetings amounts to nothing. Uh, and, and he said, you don't have to do any of that. You can, if this didn't work, just try something new. And that's, I took his advice and that's what I did. I said, hey, in-person didn't work. Let me try to do it online. And, you know, as they say, I mean, the rest is history. I mean, built my whole business pretty much online. So, um, yeah, I think it kind of both ways when things are working. And of course, uh, uh, the dashboard challenge presentation uh, that we had uh, uh, last week, I think was really incredible the progress and so forth and 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 you've been a crucial part of that uh so yeah so there's one idea which i'll float out there and robert and i have talked about it which is this uh, idea of zebras and horses so um at microsoft or and in my other jobs i always felt a little bit of a misfit i, I don't know and and and, and I saw everybody around me chasing the same goals, the promotion, money, promotion, money, promotion, money, promotion, money. And obviously there was, there was no other examples around me. So I felt like that's what I had to do. And that's what I ended up doing. But again, I always felt odd as if I was a zebra among horses. And man, I remember that feeling and I would curse myself and I would be like, why am I not like them? Because, you know, I was chasing these goals, but at the same time, I was not excited about these goals. And was it any surprise that my, my career wasn't that successful? Actually, it wasn't successful at all. The best way I can describe my career is a bloody roller coaster, right? So it was up and down, up and down. And I, and I blamed myself. So I was being a zebra among horses, and I was looking at my stripes and asking myself, what the F is wrong with me? And I was taking a hardwire steel brush and trying to scrub those 
stripes off of me. Man, I put myself through so much pain because I felt I was the odd one out. I didn't, there was something wrong with me. And now when I step into this new life, when, you, when I let myself be the real me and stop judging myself, you, you be the zebra you are, you attract other zebras to you. And of course, folks, for that, that for me is everybody who's on the call today. And that's, of course, Robert and Carl. And, and I don't feel <laughs> the way I used to feel earlier. I feel okay. I don't want to scrub my stripes off. So I think this, this freedom, this flexibility, and especially the control to, um, you know, to this four degrees of freedom, who you work with, what you work on, when you work, where, where you work, I think is really important. Cool. So, hey, uh, we don't want to paint a really glossy picture. It's not all fun and games because there is, there is struggle as well. There is struggle as well. Uh, and now, of course, there, there was struggle when I just left my job at Microsoft. There was a lot of struggle for me. <laughs> uh, when Robert joined our team, I, I tried my best to make sure that it's, it's easier transition for him. Of course, we run the Power BI consulting program where if people leave the nine to five, we have a whole training and coaching program to make sure that's a smoother transition. And of course, I always say, don't do what I did. I, I up and quit my job. Don't do that. Build something on the side. Do it gradually. Uh, for Robert, uh, I think your transition was, so I, six months was the official transition, but we had been working before that. It was more like a nine month transition for you, right? Something like that. Yes, around nine months, yeah. Yeah. So, so of course, and of course the consultant program is a year long program. So don't do that. Uh, and, and the best thing that I would say you can do is don't do it alone. So I know we're all about freedom and control, but the line that we use is independent, but not alone, right? Alone is scary and alone is super scary for me and it's not needed. And alone is hard. Alone is super hard. So independence does not mean you have to do it alone. So of course I got lucky after my years of struggle, few years of struggle, I stumbled accidentally, luckily, providence, whatever you want to call it, fate, into a program where somebody said, hey, I've been training people online. Here's how I did it. And now I'm willing to teach others. So just look for something like that. Whatever you want to do, if you want to do a Power BI consultant, we have a program for that. But if it's something else that you want to move towards, just see somebody who has done that already and is willing to teach it to you. That's all it takes. And, and, and you join them, you get the training. Hopefully they have a community around it. And um, so, so um, there's an easy answer for that, right? So don't put yourself through that misery. Don't feel like you have to go it alone. But the struggle that I want to talk about isn't that struggle. Because there's something which is even bigger, which is even more important. And uh, so we're talking about here about career and so forth. But for a second, I'm going to use a Power BI analogy. So I see a lot of people transitioning from Excel to Power BI. And what is the biggest struggle that I see them kind of getting stuck in? And, and I try to warn as best as I can, uh, warn them against it, which is that they bring their Excel habits, beliefs, ways of working, uh, knowledge, and they try to transplant it in Power BI. Basically, they try to use Power BI like Excel. And it almost always ends pretty disastrously. I mean, it's a struggle. 
and they're not making progress and they're frustrated. They're, there's a lot of movement, but little progress. And, and then I hear them saying things like, oh my God, Power BI is so frustrating. It was easier. It's easier in Excel, which is not quite true. Power BI is mind bogglingly more amazing than Excel. But if you hold on to that old habits, old beliefs, is not going to help you in the new, new world. And I think for me, that's been one of the more challenging struggles in this new life. That even though I have this new life, but I still find myself falling back into the old pattern. There's actually a word for it, a word that I kind of love because it so accurately describes uh, what I've had to go through, the struggle. Uh, the word is recidivism. And recidivism, I looked it up <laughs> before this call. Uh, the dictionary defines this as a tendency to relapse into a previous condition or mode of behavior. And for me, the most dangerous one, there are a few. So in X, again, from Excel to Power BI, there are a few different habits in Excel that end up being bad habits in Power BI. They're not, they're not serving you anymore. But one of the key ones when it comes to this career transition is that even though I've left that corporate life behind, even though I have this new life with this amazing degrees of freedom that we talked about, but the old belief, the trap that I keep falling into is that working hard leads to success. So again, let's talk about the old life. There's nothing else that I'd seen. This is the only example that I'd seen. And, and, and frankly, we're not going to talk about the education system too much because Ken Robinson has already done that. If you haven't seen his TED Talk on why the education system is broken, definitely go watch that. I think it's the most watched TED Talk in the whole world. Uh, so Ken Rob, Sir Ken Robinson uh, spoke about the education system, but, but that's what I experienced in the education system. The harder I work, the better results I got. And that was the same thing I experienced in the corporate America. It's like, like struggle, 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 and, and you, know, you get some success. But of course, this new life doesn't work this way. And for a second, let's talk about kind of entrepreneurs. Uh, in jobs, you know, my, my annual increment was always like in single digits, I don't know, 2%, 3%, something like that. But in business, is not unheard of for a business to double from year to year. And again, I'm not saying that make money your goal, don't make money your goal, but it is possible. It's a new world like Power BI. But again, if you keep repeating the old habits, then it doesn't work. If you think that, let's say, somebody was making 100K and, and to go from 100K to 200K, like, oh, earlier I was working 40 hours a week. Oh, I worked 60 hours a week this year and look, I make 200K, yay. How are you going to ever take your business to a million, right? Are you going to kill yourself, right? I mean, there are only 24 hours a day. So those rules no longer apply. But again, I find myself that I keep falling back into that. I can't help it. So Robert, I want to ask you, I remember a time when you had moved to, you were moving to Nairobi, there was a lot going on. Of course, you were moving uh, from Lamu to Nairobi, finding a place and, and, and everything that goes along with that move. And we got on one of our weekly calls and you confessed that you felt a little guilty. that You were not around, you were not doing more. Do, do you remember our conversation? Do you, do, do you remember some of what I said? And Tell me a bit about that experience since then. Um, yes, yes. I remember our conversation was around guilt. Uh, and I guess, uh, as you've mentioned, these has to do with old habits. And um, I, I think 
these for me has to do with I guess in my in my past experiences, I used to have a linear comparison of how many work hours or just being at work. How many hours do you put in and equate that to my value? To my value, like I need, you know, when I'm putting in a lot of hours and I'm not sleeping at night, that makes me more valuable. And um, now, I, I was in this transition. I was moving in from Lamu. Uh, uh, and then uh, coming to the capital, Nairobi. And there was a lot going on in my life, in my family. And um, in all honesty, I was really trying to, to put in as well to have a proper balance, but I was not doing as much as I was doing before. And the guilt would interfere with all, all of that. And that would lead to me doing even less in, in my day-to-day -day, uh, tasks. And you know it becomes a a, a loop which is yeah. almost impossible to break because today I'm unable to be productive because I feel overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed by guilt that I'm not being productive. So so we we I remember a conversation about that and uh, it's not easy letting. It, it's funny because if you think of it, guilt kind of prevents you from progressing, and and making peace with that is not easy i still find myself once in a while overwhelmed yeah overwhelmed by guilt and i have to remind myself that i have to let it go and, and do something yeah yeah man that's so spot on and again i'm kind of learning that lesson too so folks uh uh, my, uh, my, uh, there's this saying that we, we teach what we need to learn that's absolutely true for me I talk about a lot of this stuff because I struggle with it as well. And, and guilt shows up here, the guilt of not doing enough, right? Not working hard enough. And uh, it shows up in all, a lot of places. And, I, and I'm sure, Robert, you hear it from students too, right? I hear it all the time when they come on the phone with me. I was like, and, and they, they start yeah. in that place of guilt where they say, yeah, I know I should have been further ahead. I know I need to do more. I know I need to focus more in Power BI. And guilt, 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 guilt. And and we don't realize that that's such a, that's not a powerful place. It's, it's simply not going to help you. And of course, you talked about that. It often it hinders you, right? And um, of course, we've talked about how it applies in other places too. It, 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 it applies in relationships. I was, if, if you have guilt of not spending enough time uh, with your family or not focusing enough on your health or any of those places, again, it feels like that's the right thing to do to beat ourselves up into progress yeah but trust me that <laughs> there is an alternative that's not the only way and it, you, you you've yeah. reminded me you've actually reminded me of something very interesting you shared in, in in that conversation you asked me if a friend came to me with a problem they're struggling to accomplish they're struggling accomplishing something how would i how would i talk to them how my choice of words, what would I tell them if they felt they're overwhelmed with guilt? And you are like, yeah, be, be the same words you'd use to yeah. a close friend or a relative. Use that to oh. yourself. And, and, and that was really nice. Oh, I know, man. And that's constant practice for me as well. I, that's oddly like the, I would say the first lesson in my mindset journey. I came across this book, Love yourself. And by the way, folks, that is mandatory reading for anybody who joins our team. Uh, so Robert has read that book as well, because that was the first step in my journey. And it's a, such a simple idea, but it's so groundbreaking. 
because again, as Robert said, we are so hard on ourselves, but if it was a close friend, loved one, put yourself in any of those situations, guilt about not being doing enough, guilt about not being smart enough, guilt about not spending enough time with family or in health, what would you say to your closest friend? You would say some really nice things, really encouraging things, but of course we do the opposite to ourselves, right? So, and again, it doesn't work, right? So don't operate from guilt. yeah, it's a good lesson. I, I, there was something humorous that I, I that I felt you you mentioned, and and you didn't quite use those words, but the way I wrote it down was that uh, this working hard sometimes was just about putting in the R's, and and I yeah. know the kind of things that I would do, where of course, and now when I look back at my life and like why it doesn't make any sense for companies or people to operate this way, but there was this whole protocol about. You can't leave before your boss. Not everywhere. Yep. I must say some places were different. But yeah, I would be like, you know, kind of watch how to, oh, shit, boss is working late today. And like, I can't leave. So, I'll, you know, I'll do whatever, right? I'm in a place Saturday already, even if I wasn't working. And I was like, oh, boss left. And of course, one of those lucky days where boss is out or he left early. And it's like, yay, right? So there's this weird mentality of just, just clocking hours. Uh, and uh, I did this other thing, which is so bad, folks. Don't do that where I would, uh, uh, I would be sometimes working late and I would finish my work at 11 in the night, let's say, right? And I'm like, ah, cool. And I would write up the email and all that, but I wouldn't hit send. And this was, this was before you could schedule emails and all that sort of stuff to go out. Now you can do that, schedule later. But, but I would just draft that email and leave it sitting. And, and often after work, I would, be, I would need to wind down. So I would watch TV, eat junk food, my usual pattern. Uh, and, and so I would do that to like two in the night and then hit send. And I thought I was doing a good thing, but man, at least in this one phase, I was working with this crazy organization where I would do that. I would work till 11, watch TV, junk food, send that email at 2 AM in the morning. But then by the time I was getting ready to batch, somebody would respond. And then I would be stuck. I'm like, oh my God, what do I do? Like they would ask like a very specific question or they would say, oh, this is wrong. And I'm like, oh God, right? So, you know, I, I got caught in my own trap, but yeah, man, just this idea of kind of clocking hours. Um, yeah. yeah. Do, do you remember doing any of that stuff? Gosh, I hope it's not just me. <laughs> um, yeah, like, um, w- well, it, it's, it's, it's actually a bad habit and you don't know when you're you're doing it um i Mm. think for me uh i I would kind of wait for me it wasn't very good i would it was kind of a way of proving to my boss that i kind of do long hours so let's say i'm working on a project and um it's a report and well, it's difficult, but I would also send it a bit late so that they can actually understand that I, I really put in long hours. Yeah, and that yeah. also is kind of a thing. People want to, people who work late are seem to be more serious in life or something. Yeah. All right. All right. So, hey, folks, we have uh, covered the whole gamut. We have talked about, uh, uh, you know, the steering wheel. Hopefully you, you, that helps you in your life to get in control of your own life. And again, my former self, this life would have been just unbelievable. But it is possible, and frankly, is not 
that far away. You can start with some really small changes to move towards this life. And of course, I, I train and coach a lot of people. I was actually talking to my sister as well. Um, and, and, and yeah, and then they often say things like, oh, I mean, Avi, I mean, yeah, I mean, your life is incredible. And, but, but I can't have that, right? So they dismiss themselves. I'll say, don't dismiss yourself. You can take small steps. And the one step that I, I encourage my sister to focus on, and I would encourage you, you as well, is focus on your morning routine. Focus on something you do in the morning, how you start your day, and let that be absolutely, completely, 100% be about you and yourself. As I say, taking care of something, do something which takes care of your mind, body, and soul. Don't start your day with the cell phone. Don't start with the email or the Teams chat or the Slack chat or whatever, right? So all of that stuff has other people's priorities. And you'll get to that as we all do, right? During the day, but start the day with you. Do something for your mind, body, and soul. It could be something simple. It could be, it doesn't have to be long. It could be 20 seconds or two minutes. If you have more time, it could be 20 minutes or longer. But again, let's see if you can build that up. We do have an idea for hosting a morning routine challenge because I, I, that's how critical I think this is in, in, in my success and it could help others as well. So just like we run our dashboard challenge, uh, we have plans for running a morning routine challenge. But for now, just see if you can do an idea. And again, pick something. You can do a few push-ups in your own home, right? Just get out of bed. You can meditate for a few minutes. You can just do deep breathing. You can just go out for a walk, whatever it is. One of my friends would put, put on music and just dance for five minutes, whatever it is. But again, start your morning with you. Uh, that's the most important part. All right, folks, so hey, uh, this has been part two of a series. Part one, we talked about leaving Microsoft, that transition. Uh, part two, today, we talked about the life after Microsoft. And part three is going to be interesting because there we want to take you beyond kind of what's possible. And I'm not saying we're there yet, but we're exploring it. And it's like once you leave that old stuff behind, stuff becomes possible for you, which you couldn't have imagined. So we're going to talk about chasing impossible dreams. We'll see you in the next one. Until then, power on. All right, Robert. Thanks so much, man. Bye. It was great talking to you. <laughs> Thank right. you. Take care.